Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Benji Kelly and New Hope Church. We are thrilled you have joined us for this week's podcast. Dr. Kelly is currently leading us through a dynamic four-part series entitled All In. In this series, we will explore what happens when the full house of God puts it all on the line and goes all in. May God bless you as you enjoy this week's message. The game is a big deal, and it will cost you everything. The risk is great, but the payoff even greater. What happens when a group of people put it all on the line? And boldly go. All in. So that is what we have been imagining now for three weeks. What would happen when the full house of God, like we have here today, like we have at our campuses, What would happen when the full house of God goes all in? Welcome to New Hope Church. We are so thrilled that you are here with us today to celebrate the faithfulness of God, to celebrate 11 years of this church. I want to look into the camera and welcome our Garner campus. We love you guys over there. You were the first campus. You have paved the way. Love what God is doing there. To the Daughters of the King at NCCIW. We welcome those precious ladies in the Lord. Amen? Amen. For the Sanford community of faith, we welcome you guys over there in the Sand Hills of North Carolina for our Latino campus that we'll be meeting a little bit later. For the internet campus, anybody watching this anywhere around the world for our television ministry. And last but surely not least for you folks here at Central Campus. Welcome and happy birthday, New Hope. Yes, yes. Hey, um, I, I, I know that uh, actually he asked me not to do this, but I, I'm going to do it anyway because the final group that I need to look into the camera and welcome um, are all of you fine folks over in Columbia, South Carolina. We've already received emails. People are getting excited already. They know it's coming. And we just so happen to have in our midst the man that you have been hearing about for quite some time and his lovely wife, Joan. Uh, And I am talking about Pastor Buddy and Joan Rampy. And he asked me, wait, wait, wait. See, I told you they were going to do this, Pastor Buddy. He asked me not to do this, but I'm doing this. Because I believe honor is due. And I want to honor a great man of God who is becoming a great friend of Amy Lynn and I and his wife. And I'm going to ask them to stand. And I want you. And, and, and I know at the campus levels, you might not be able to see this, but maybe the camera folks can work this in. But even if you can't, I know you want to celebrate this guy as well. So at all of our campuses, I want us to show some love as he stands, Pastor Buddy and Joan Rampy. Give it up for him right here. Give it up. Yeah, the camera's got him. The camera's got him. Yes. Yes. Man, we are so excited about what God is going to do in Columbia. And uh, just so excited about his generous spirit and uh, what we get to do there. Amen. So check it out. You might be new here and you might be wondering, what is this series all about? Here's the deal. Uh, This summer... This summer, Amy Lynn and I took the five kids and we traveled across part of the United States in an RV. Seven of us. God, help us. And thank the Lord, it's over. I mean, it was fun. It was all that. But listen, you don't don't know what living life is like until you travel with a family of seven in a little old RV. But anyway, one of our stops was in Las Vegas. Yeah, and and I didn't like Las Vegas. It was my worst uh, experience of the entire sabbatical. We had an incredible sabbatical, but I didn't like Las Vegas. I just felt darkness like I had never felt before. I had people coming up to me and and, uh, really trying to proselytize me to basically what I would call legal prostitution. It was just a dark, dark 
place. But one of the places that I actually enjoyed was in our hotel. We stayed, I think it was Mandolin Bay. In our hotel, like all the hotels there, it had a casino. And I would go down into the casino. And um, uh, don't you judge me. And I would go to the casino, and don't worry, I didn't, I didn't I, I'm not on a problem gambling, but, but I love to watch it. I love to watch it. And uh, we're there in the casino, and, and uh, we, we're watching it, and, and you know, people, people I, want to, I want to pause for just a moment and say, people do have issues with gambling. It, it, it can be a terrible sin that, that destroys people. And I actually had, I, I ran into a person that I think was struggling with the whole gambling thing. One night, I thought I was slipping down there by myself. Kids were asleep, and I turned the corner in the casino, and I actually saw this person, and I think this person had some serious issues. She, she, she doesn't have issues. She just slipped like $2 in there just for fun. And that gives me a chance, though. I, I honored Pastor Buddy. I need to honor the first lady of this church today. Would you give it up for my wife, Amy Lynn Kelly? Yes. 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 And the African-American folks are standing because they know how to honor the first lady. We love you, Amy Lynn. We love you, Amy Lynn. But we're, but, but we're there, and so we're there, and, and one of the things I love the most, man, about being in Vegas, even though I hated the atmosphere, when I would walk through and watch folks gambling, I actually got to see that powerful moment in poker where a person feels like they've got the winning hand, and they're willing to go all in. They're willing to put skin in the game, and they're willing to say, you know what? I'm going to bet it all on this hand. And so I started asking the question, what would it look like for the full house of God to figure out those things for which they are willing to go all in? And what could the planet look like? If a church or churches went all in around those things, listen, listen, for which Jesus went all in. If you just look up all in in the dictionary, it's wagering one's entire state. Wagering one's entire state. Here's my question to you because it's the question I've been asking myself. What is it that you are willing to wage your entire state over? What, is, what are the things that you say, you know what, that's something I would go all in on. That's something I would put some skin in the game and go all in. And so I started thinking about Vision Day, and here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lay out for you today four things that I believe the church needs to go all in for. Four things. And I don't think it's just me. These are biblical. These are key principles that run throughout Scripture. Take out your teaching notes at all of our campuses. Tear that off. Grab that pen in front of you. And some of you noticed when you came in today, you, there was a white chip on your chair. Hold on to that bad boy. It's going to make some sense by the end of the day. Here's the first one. Are you ready? Say amen. amen. The first one is this. This is what I'm willing to wage it all on, church. Lost people matter to God. And therefore, they matter to us. Now, check this out. I think that was the very first sentence I said to the core visionary team 11 years ago. Actually, 12 years ago. My bad. Church is 11 years old. We started the year before meeting. The very first sentence when I gathered the core visionary team together, I looked them in the eye and I said, Folks, the reason we're starting this church is because lost people matter to God. People who are far from God matter the most to God. Did you hear me? We are a church that is willing to wage it all. We are a church. Listen, this is is one, folks, that I'm going to go all in on. And I hope you as a church will actually come with me as you have now for 11 years, or at least a good bit of you. Lost people matter to God. You say, well, give me some passages. Here they are. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he what? Gave his only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have what? 
Everlasting life. You're talking about skin in the game. The very reason for which Jesus came was because lost people matter to God. Let me keep going. John 14, 6. Jesus said what? I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I know that's not politically correct these days, but I don't give a flip. That's what scripture teaches. Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. And no one, last time I checked, no one means no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. Luke 19, 10. Jesus said, I've come to seek and save that which was lost. Matthew 28. I'm just, I'm just, I just keep going for you. Matthew 28, the Great Commission. Go ye into the world, making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. And remember, I'm with you always. Lost people matter to God. I'm willing to go all in. Is there anybody else here on Vision Day that would say, you know what? I'm convinced of that. When I read the scriptures, I see that. I'm going all in with you, Pastor. Lost people matter to God. Is there anybody here that say, yeah, that's me. Lost people matter to God. Now listen, guys. This is, this is why churches are different. And I'm not one to talk bad about other churches. I've always said I believe God uses all kinds of churches to reach all kinds of people. But let me just pause for just a moment and say this is why some churches reach churchy people. And other churches reach lost people. Church people go to churches that have lots of other churchy people. And churchy people like to look churchy. And churchy people like to wear churchy clothes. And churchy people like to talk churchy language. I call it Christianese. And churchy people like to eat churchy food. They eat Christian chicken at Chick-fil-A. And let me just pause for a moment. Don't, don't, don't make a mistake about it. I love me some Chick-fil-A. I can drink that Chick-fil-A sauce. I mean, I, dude, I love it. I love it. But, but they, they do churchy things. And churchy churches reach churchy people. But this is a church that always started with a passion not to reach churchy people. Because FYI, churchy people are already in churchy churches. Oh, I can work it for a long time. They're already in churchy places. We, listen, when we started this church, people asked, why are you starting a new church? Because it was clear, man, we don't need a new church. Look on every corner. There's a church like in South Carolina, North Carolina, the whole Southeast. I mean, we're the buckle of the Bible belt, baby. There's churches everywhere. We didn't start a church to reach churchy people. We started a church to reach lost people. This was Jesus' thing. In fact, we're reading the New Testament. How many of you are doing it? Come on, give me some love. Give me some love. Oh, that's awesome. You got the Bible reading plans last week. I hope some of you didn't raise your hands because you, you were already asleep or something. I don't know. But listen, I hope you're reading the Bible. The Bible plans are here. We're going through the New Testament in six months. We're in the Gospels now. We're in Matthew. I want you to start paying attention as you read this week. Pay attention to how Jesus did not like hanging out with churchy religious people. They got on his last nerve. Listen, and then start recognizing how often lost people, far from God people, they hung out with Jesus. And check this out. They loved it. They loved hanging out with Jesus. Jesus didn't really enjoy hanging out with people who wore masks and acted like everything was good on the outside while they were rotten on the inside. Jesus didn't like hanging out with people who talked with all kinds of Christian knees that others couldn't understand. Jesus couldn't stand to hang out with people who loved, listen, loved to talk about the truth of God, but would deny people the grace of God. That drove Jesus absolutely crazy. Instead, he really enjoyed hanging out with people who were honest about their sin and their need for a Savior. He loved to hang around people who were rough around the edges, if you know what I mean. Now, this is going to give some of you hope. Amen? He loved to hang around people who were different because differences do not need to separate us, but rather put on display the full, diverse, created order of God. Amen. That 
was who Jesus was. And listen, when a church fully starts to grasp that lost people matter to God and therefore they should matter to us. Listen, listen, listen. You start to see people at church, Lord forbid, people at church who have never read a Bible verse in their entire life. And that's okay. You start to see people at church who love their music loud because they just came from bars or concerts or cars where they played their music loud. And that's okay. You start to see people at church, listen, who have every materialistic possession in the world, but their soul is dying because they're empty inside. When a church starts going after lost people because lost people matter to God. Listen, you start to see people who show up in church and they actually smell like the underbelly of one of our bridge overpasses because that is where they slept last night and that's okay. When you start to go after lost people, you start to see people in church who came literally as we are these days straight from the prison Because they heard that this is a church who loves prisoners in the prison. When a church goes after lost people, you start to see people showing up and they smell like marijuana in church because they just hit a bong in the parking lot. And that's okay. And if that bothers you, beloved, the problem is not the person who smells like pot. The problem is you. We are a church who cares for lost people. We don't have to clean them up. We just get them here. Give them time. God will clean them up. God will clean them up. If you're a pastor anywhere, I need to look into the camera and say this. If you're a pastor anywhere watching this, anywhere around the globe, and you don't have people showing up in your church that smell like dope every now and then or a little alcohol or something, you might need to check out who you're reaching. We are a church. It goes after lost people. And lost people matter to God. Think about where you were before Christ. How dare Christians, how dare the church to get up on our little religious pedestals and communicate to people, you better get your act together before you come around us. No, no, no. You come on around us. Grace happens. You lock into Jesus. And before long, you will see your life changing toward holiness. That is what the church is all about. If you're going to clap, clap. Because God deserves praise for that right there. Some of you are like, I don't know about this now. I don't know, pastor. Give me a verse. Here you go. Mark 2, 17. Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor. But the what? I have not come to call the righteous, but to call sinners. Oh, new hope. Let us go all in for lost people who matter to God. You need to know this about your pastor. One of my favorite quotes of all time is by C.T. Studd. And this kind of summarizes the whole thing. If if you want to name a child, you need to name him C.T. Studd. I'm just saying. (laughs) Honey, we should have named one of our boys C.T. Studd. One of my favorite quotes of all time. He said this. Some people love to dwell near the church with steeple and bell. But I want to run a rescue station a yard from the gates of hell. That is what the church is all about. Jesus Christ made it clear that lost people matter to God. He put his skin in the game when he walked up Calvary, spread his arms, allowed spikes to be driven in his hands and his feet and a crown of thorns on his head. And what was he saying, beloved? He was saying to every lost person, you matter this much. I love you this much. Here's the second thing I'm willing to go all in. Life is better connected. Life is better connected. Talked about this just a little bit last week, but I want to just just pick it back up for just a moment. The vision of this church has never been to reach lost people and then leave them all alone in their isolation. The vision of this church is that you and me, as we come to faith in Christ, we then start to do life with other people. We start to, to experience authentic community. And we start to love one another deeply. We take off the mask. And we just do life transparently and authentically with love and faith and hope. And we share our struggles together. 
We are in community. A friend of mine was eating in a restaurant south of here, South Carolina, Pastor Buddy. And he actually told me after he rode through South Carolina and stopped at a few restaurants, he said, I, I couldn't believe how many things on the menu came with grits. Seriously. And uh, he, he was asking me about that. And, and he said, I just want to ask you a question. He was from up north, by the way. He goes, what is a grit? I said, bless your heart. He said, he said, what's a grit? I said, there is no such thing as a grit. They don't come by themselves. <laughs> grit. There is no such, for you northern people, there's no such thing as a grit. They come in community, beloved. They're grits. They're grits. And they're better with a big old honking slab of butter and some salt and pepper. Can I get a witness? But come on back. Come on back. Come on back. Human beings are like grits. Come on, I'll make it work. They're like grits. Just like there's no such thing as a grit, God's plan for you is that there's no such thing as an isolated individual. We were born for community. Listen, you are not here on your own. You're here because countless people have touched your life. Parents, aunts, uncles, siblings, friends. You're here because people have enriched your life. You're here. Some people have touched your life in negative ways. But you're still a result of people touching your life. And there's going to come a a whole big group of people that are going to experience life because you've touched their life. You've been the one who has enriched their lives. Hopefully for the good. It was John Donne, 17th century English writer and poet who said this, No man or no woman, of course, is an island separate to himself. We're here for community. This was spoken about way back in the beginning of the Bible in Genesis 2, where the word of the Lord said in Genesis 2.18, let's read it out loud together. Ready? Go. It is not good for man to be alone. One more time. It is not good for man to be alone. It is not good for any man or any woman to do life alone. And so as I look at Scripture, listen, what is God's solution to isolation? It's biblical community. And I'm willing to go all in on that. I've experienced that my greatest times of growth have been when I've actually put down the mask, actually just did life with other people, and experienced what the Bible describes so well in Acts chapter 2. Go to Acts chapter 2. Again, we were there just a little bit last week. Acts chapter 2, 46 and 47. The Bible says this. Every day... They continued to meet together in the temple courts. So every day they met where? Those of you who went to the Holy Land with me last year, you saw these temple courts. These are big, big courts, huge courts, where thousands of people, and in some of the smaller villages, hundreds of people, would gather in worship. So they had the, they had the, they had the vertical thing going on, temple worship. That's what we're doing right here today, church. We got the vertical thing going on. We're worshiping God. Sunday, Sundays here is all about worshiping God. It's vertical. It's you and me. But then watch what happens. Every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. But here's what they did. They broke bread in their, in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people And the Lord added to their number daily, who? Who who, who they had? Those being, not the religious people, not the Pharisees. The Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Listen, some of you really need to hear this. Life is better connected. It's just better connected. You know, there are 57 one another's in the Bible. 57. Love one another. Serve one another. Honor one another. Kiss one another. Why don't we put that to practice right now? On the count of three, kiss your loved one. One, two, three. 
Oh, I didn't think you were going to do it. <laughs> wow, that was kind of sweet. Garner, Sanford, I hope you had a little loving up in there. It's awesome. Now, if you just kissed somebody you didn't know, <laughs> and they kissed you back, you just never know what just happened. Lord, let me bring us back. Love one another, serve one another, honor one another, kiss one another, do life with one another. That's what the Bible says. And if you're here, and some of you are here, and life is just not as rich as you want it, and you just feel a little empty, and you feel a little isolated, and you feel a little lonely, don't miss February 11th at all of our campuses. It's group link. That's where everybody's coming out to do life together in what we call life groups. It is grounded in Acts chapter 2. It is the very foundation of the first century church. It is what builds a healthy church today. It's a church that goes after lost people, number one, and actually believes that life is better connected, number two. Here's the third one. Serving is the surest way to become like Jesus. Write it down. Serving is the surest way to become like Jesus. I'll bet the farm on this one. Again, the times when I've grown the most have been the times when I've done life with other people. The times when I've grown the most has also been when I put a serving towel over my arm and I serve. Servants are the ones who expedite growth. Servants are the one who in time become like Jesus. And that is the goal of the church. Amen? That is the goal of believers. Amen? To become like who? Jesus. Serving is what enables that to happen. Now, every single person in here, every single person in here has struggled with being selfish at one time or another. Would you agree? Like, well, then let's try it. Let's try it. If, you, if you've ever struggled with being selfish, could you raise your hand? Okay. We got an honest church. That's 100% of us. And serving does away with selfishness and helps us become like Christ. And I don't know about you, but that's like my life's desire is to become like Jesus. Bernard Remlin said this in a study. He was the director of Institute of Child Behavior Research. And what they did was they did some research and they, they asked people in the research. They said, we want you to list the people that you know are happy. And we want you to then list the people that you know who are unhappy. And they actually found out in categorizing the results, Remlin found that all the people that were labeled happy first, and they had them label the happy people first. All those you know that are happy, and maybe you're thinking of some right now. And then once they built that list, Remlin went back to him and said, Okay, I want you to, beside each person, I want you to state whether that person is selfish or unselfish. And the definition in the research, it was, an, it was a formal research study, the definition was this, a stable tendency to devote one's time and resource to one's own interest and welfare and an unwillingness to inconvenience oneself for others. That was the definition of selfishness. Now, here's what's interesting. When the study came back, they found that all the people that the folks said were happy they also categorized as unselfish people. And Remlin said this actually in his study. Maybe this is why Jesus said, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Serving enables us to resist and fight the tendency to be selfish. And I just want to say to those of you who are here that serve this church, you're one of the reasons we're able to stand here today and celebrate 11 years of new hope. I want to say to the technicians that are all up there and all here and the, the, the core team that's in the back area and all the children's ministry workers that are over there working right now and all the student ministries workers that will lead student ministries at all of our campuses and upstairs today and the Latino servants who work there and, and those who come out here during the week and they serve and all of you folks with the first contact shirts at all of our campuses and you wear those shirts that say, here to... I want to honor you. I want to honor you today. You're not only making a difference on the planet, but listen, in the process, you are becoming more like 
Jesus. And if you're here and you're not in the game, listen to me and then I'm moving on to the final one. If you're not here, if, if you're not in the game and you're a part of this church, listen, today's a great day to say, you know what, I'm going to go all in. I'm tired of sitting on the sidelines. I'm tired of watching from the grandstands as everything goes on and I'm not involved in anything. I'm going to actually get involved and serve. I'm going to actually put some skin in the game. If that's you, you just take out that connect card and you just write on there today later when we receive our offering. You just write, here to serve. Or I want to get involved. And some pastor, some staff person will be in touch with you this week. Because listen, serving is the surest way to become like Jesus. We honor Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. this week. One of my favorite quotes by King is this. Anyone can be great because everyone can serve. Anyone can be great. You can be great. I can be great in the kingdom's eyes when we put a serving towel over our arm and we serve people. Can I get an amen? Amen. Love that. I love when you look at Jesus Christ in communion. Remember, he's he's gathered in the upper room. You can turn there if you want, John 13. And they're, they're kind of reclining at the table. They didn't sit in chairs like this. And, 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 and for some unknown reason, the servant didn't show up that day. It was a custom. Whenever they came and they, they broke bread together and they shared with wine together, the servant was always at the door. And the servant would have a basin and, and a towel and water. And the servant would wash people's feet. And in John 13, Matthew, Mark, and Luke actually talk about Jesus and the Lord's Supper. But John gives us a different angle of what what went down that night. And and what happened is they're sitting around the table. The servant didn't show up, called in late. I don't know, something happened. He was sick. He didn't come. Jesus gets up from the table. John 13, you can read it later. He takes and he, he wraps a towel around his waist. He gets down on his knees, the, the king of kings. Almighty God, holy and pure, and he washes their feet. Remember the story? Peter says, Lord, don't do it. Don't don't wash my feet. And Jesus said, unless I wash you, you will not have anything to do with me. And And then he said in John 13, he said, I have set for you an example that you should serve as I have served. If you look at your life and there's just a huge gap between you and Jesus and you see that you've got so far to go, like all of us, we all do. I came by today to let you know that serving is the surest way, surest way to become like Jesus. Here's the fourth thing. Full devotion. Come on now. Full devotion to Jesus is not optional. Did you hear me? Full devotion to Jesus is not optional, church. Now, let me, just, let me just be honest with you. There are days when I wish this wasn't the case. Because this is where it gets a little hard. There are days when, there are days when I, 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 on my bad days anyway, when I wish this wasn't the case. Because following Jesus can be hard at times. It can be difficult. And challenges come our way. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. Come on, come on. You can't read the Bible, particularly the New Testament. You can't. Read the New Testament and believe even for a second that full devotion to Jesus is optional. Mark 12, 30. That's the founding verse of this, this, um, this series that we're in. You remember it, guys? Let's read it out loud. Mark 12, 30. Ready? Love the Lord your God with? And with? And with? Let's go. All your mind and with? Love the Lord your God. With all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. It's all or nothing. And I know that some of you don't like that. And I know that a large group of you would be here today and you've never had a moment in your life where you've actually gone all in. Sure, you've played around with it. Sure, you've had your moments of intimacy with God. Sure, you love to receive God, receive grace, receive teaching, because it's all about you, it's all about you, it's all about you. But I need to let you know the hard truth. And the hard truth, beloved, 
is that as I read the scriptures, I believe that Jesus wants all of me or he wants none of me. He wants all of you or he wants none of you. That's why we called this series All In. It's full surrender, church. It's full commitment. It's no half-hearted religion. It's no follow God when it's convenient. God takes up residence in and God uses the man and the woman who says, I'm tired of playing games. I'm not going to go through the motions. I'm not going to wear a mask. I'm giving him every bit of my life. All of my waking hours. All of my sleeping hours. All of my actions. All of my questions. All of my study. All of my vocation. My finances. I'm going all in. That's what it means to follow Christ. Matthew 7. I'm only going to look at one more text. It's in Matthew 7. Just so you you know that that this is biblical. Matthew 7. It's, it's, by the way, it's Jesus' famous Sermon on the Mount. The most famous and popular sermon in all of history. In Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 13, the Bible says this. Just just settle into this moment of a little bit of tension. And just hear me for a moment. Because this is Jesus speaking. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. You see it? Broad road. Many, many, many people go through the road of destruction. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to to life and only a few find it so Jesus said this, you know, there's, there's two roads poets have written about this right fork in the road if you will and one's broad and wide and, and the masses go through that and Jesus said there's this, there's this narrow road over there kind of that John 14 6 I am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me there's this narrow road and only a few find it let's just continue Verse 15, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. Let that settle in for a moment. Wolves wearing sheep's clothing. False prophets. Hypocrites. Mask wearing people. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree that bears fruit, bears fruit. But a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. This is Jesus talking. Same one who said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. One more, one more. 21. This is, this is, this is key, and this is... This is, can be a difficult passage. Sermon on the Mount. Remember, he's wrapping up his sermon. <laughs> so much for ending on a whoopee ending, right? This is his wrap up. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only those who do the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Or as some translations say, depart from me. 
I never knew you. And the Bible says elsewhere that when the day of judgment comes and every single one of us stands before the judgment seat of Christ. Listen, the Bible says that that Jesus will say, depart from me. I never knew you. He'll say that to some people. And the Bible says that's a large group. But then he's going to say to, to a smaller group, well done. Well done, good and faithful servants. It's all in. And I guess I wonder on this Vision Day 11, how many of you would, would say, I'm going all in? I guess I would ask you, how many of you today would, would actually identify an area of, or two or three or four, and you'd say, you know what? I might be all in in these areas, but I'm not all in here. And today I'm going to stop playing games, and I'm going, going to go all in. Because here's what we do, beloved. We have a tendency to compartmentalize our faith. Oh, God, you can have my Sunday, but don't you dare touch my Friday night. God, you can have my study and my mind when I'm at school, but don't you dare touch it when I'm sitting in front of a computer wrapped up in pornography and killing my soul. God, you can have this or you can have that, but God, don't stay away from my money, God. What is the area for you? What is the area for me? There's a white chip that you got when you came in. Why don't you grab that at all of our campuses? Just grab the white chip. There's a permanent marker in the chair pocket. Or at Sanford, it will be in the pews. Underneath them, maybe with the chip. Everybody grab it. I don't believe in telling you what to do. I don't believe in, I'm going to let the Holy Spirit lead you, lead you right here. You can actually write on this chip, if you would like, an area that you need to go all in. You can abbreviate, or you can just put your initials, and it be totally between you and God. Or you can put your initials and your name in life groups, or dollar sign, or serving, here to serve. You can write whatever you want to write on that chip. But here's what we're going to do. At all of our campuses, we're going to have the ushers come forward and they're going to lead us. And all of our campuses, we're going to come toward the center of the building. And we're going to come down the aisle. The ushers will lead you. Except here at Central Campus, you side sections, there'll be a part of you that goes back. But again, the ushers will lead you. Everybody else will come forward, and at Garner and Sanford, you'll come toward the center of your worship center. Ushers will lead you. You'll come down front. We'll all come down front, except for those on these side sections. And we've got tables up here. And we want you to go all in today. I'm inviting you to say, you know what? Today is the day I'm going all in. And you walk to these tables, these green tables, and you throw a chip down. And here's what's really cool. You actually pick up another chip. You throw down the white chip indicating what you're giving up, how you're committing, how you're going all in. That's between you and the Lord. But you're picking up these really cool chips that we got custom made. It's a black and white chip. And in the middle it says New Hope Church. And you turn it over and it says all in Vision Day 11. And I want to challenge you then to take that chip and just put it in your pocket. Carry it around with you. Every time you reach in your pocket or a lady's in your pocketbook or maybe you just put it on a nightstand. Where, or maybe you put it where you read the word each week now that we're in the New Testament. And you see that chip and you let it remind you, listen church, it's all or nothing. And here's what's cool at, at every campus. Once you do that, you then come to a, a station. It's right there by each station. Where there'll be, again, some communion folks and you'll be able to grab a piece of bread and a cup of juice. And we'll be able to celebrate this vision day with the Lord's Supper. So again, ushers lead all of our campuses. We come down, we throw one white chip down, whatever we're committing to. However, we're going all in. I hope it has something to do with these four. Ushers, just they put ushers. Not yet, not yet, not yet. Thank you so much. 
whatever you're committing to, however you're going all in, you pick up another chip. Don't forget to pick up one. And then you come to one of these tables, campuses as well, right to the side there, and get communion. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what would happen in the life of this church if we went all in? That's why I wanted the ushers just to hold tight for a moment so we can think about that. Just put on your, your imagination cap and just imagine what would happen if this church said, you know what, all of us, every single one of us that call this our church home, we're going to quit playing games. We're going to decide in our heart with great tenacity and great resolve that lost people matter to God and therefore they matter to us. We're going to decide with great tenacity and great resolve that life is just better connected. Amen? And we're going to decide that serving is the surest way to become like Jesus. And we're not just going to decide it, but we're actually going to get in the game. And the last one that just sums it all up completely. We decide in our heart of hearts that full devotion to Jesus is not optional. Can you imagine? One African pastor did imagine And after he died, they actually found in his study what he called the fellowship of the unashamed. And if I could just paint a picture for you in the end today, this is what I would say to you that it looks like to go all in. He said, I'm a part of the fellowship of the unashamed. I have the Holy Spirit power. The die has been cast. I have stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I'm a disciple of his. I won't look back. Let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. My present makes sense. My future is secure. I'm finished with done with low living, sight walking, small planning, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tamed visions, mundane talking, cheap living, and dwarfed goals. He said, I no longer need preeminence. Prosperity, position, promotions, plaudits, or popularity. I don't have to be right. First, tops, recognized, praised, regarded, or rewarded. I now live by faith, lean on his presence, walk by patience, live by prayer, and my labor is by power. My face is set. Come on, church. My gate is fast. My goal is heaven. My road is narrow, my way rough, my companions few, my guide reliable, and my mission clear. I cannot be bought. Hello. I cannot be compromised. I cannot be detoured, lured away, turned back, deluded, or delayed. Listen, church. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of the adversity, negotiate at the table of the enemy, ponder at the pool of popularity, or meander in the maze of mediocrity. I won't give up. I won't shut up. I won't let up until I have stayed up, stored up, prayed up, paid up, preached up for the cause of Christ. I am a disciple of Jesus, I must go till he comes. Give till I drop. Preach all I know and work till he stops me. And when he comes for his own, listen, he will have no problem recognizing me. And I hope recognizing you because our banner will be clear. That's what it looks like to go all in. Father, we love you. All heads bowed, eyes closed. Father, we love you. We praise you. God, I thank you. God, there is no better way to live than to go all in. Father, I thank you that this church is sitting on the precipice of greatness. God, yes, we praise you for what you've done in 11 years. But the truth is, God, we have not seen anything yet. If we were to become a community of faith that quit playing games and the overwhelming majority of us said, we're all in. God, I realize there are people here today, they're guests. There are people at our campuses and they're guests. To ask them to go all in is kind of ridiculous because 
they don't even know you yet. They've never taken the first step. And so if you're here today and you've never received Christ, I want to invite you in this very moment to say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart today. Lord Jesus, come into my life. I don't understand the all-in part, but I just want to first invite you in. I want to ask that you forgive me of my sins. I need you, a Savior. Forgive me, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. And I promise you from this day forward, I'm going to do everything I possibly can to understand the gospel and follow you all the days of my life. Father, we celebrate with those folks right now. We know that the angels in heaven are rejoicing. Luke 15 says they're throwing a party right now in heaven for the person who just prayed that prayer. God, we celebrate that. For the rest of us, God, who know you, we came to this place knowing you. We know we're born again. We know we're saved. God, but some of us have just been playing games. Every single person in here has some area in their life, Lord, where they just need to say, you know what, I'm back in. I'm back putting skin in the table. I'm all in. So, Father, as we transition and we worship you and we move toward the communion table, would your Holy Spirit be thick in this place? Would surrender be sincere? Pour out your Holy Spirit upon these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and the blood of Christ. That we might truly be for the world the body of Christ. All in. Redeemed by your blood. Set apart. That all the nations might see the glory of Jesus. We pray this in his name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, please stop by one of our six campuses anytime or visit us online at newhopenc.org. If you would like to financially support the movement of New Hope, you can do so by clicking on the e-giving link at the top of our homepage. We hope you will join us next week. God bless you and thank you for being a part of our church family.